Welcome to the City Women Podcast. I'm Sharissa Gray, and I'm joined by Ashley Kelly and Mary Turner. Over the next few weeks, we are going to be diving a little deeper into the conversation we started at our City Women event in October of 2023. We had a panel of three lovely women with us as we discussed the topic of enduring through every season. We will be picking that conversation back up with each of them. Let's jump right in. Please welcome Dorothy Kola. Hi, Dorothy. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yay. Well, we were so glad to have you as part of our panel in October. You um, represented sort of like me, that middle section of life, (laughs) you know, as as an empty nester and a career woman. There's just a lot of aspects of your story. And we focus in a little bit about you being a single mom. Um, But I think there's another aspect of your story that maybe we could talk about a little bit, which is um, the fact that you were a single mom for six years because that you experienced a divorce. And and what did that look like as a season of endurance? Yeah, it was one of those things I walked into. It was very unexpected, um, really, really, truly. It was the rug pulled out from under me. And so for my children as well, it was a very hard time, especially with the initial shock, making sure that they were okay and got the help that they needed and the support that they needed. Um and of course, as moms, it's like, what does everyone else need? You know, on the airplane, they tell you, put the mask on yourself first so you can help <laughs> everyone around you. That's never, never happens. It never happens. So um, once I kind of got my bearings and I remembered, you know, who I was and my faith and that that was really the anchor in my life. And it wasn't the first, you know, major crisis tragedy. My life is is weird. There's a lot of, a lot of stories in there. But um, this became a time where... Uh, yeah, everything that happened was really out of my control. And I just had to just remember that, you know, God is an anchor because my life definitely felt like a storm. And so remembering that that anchor is there holding everything steady. And I mean, I even had like a bracelet made that just said hold steady. And I wore it daily for years. Uh, Just remembering that that's kind of when I wake up in the morning, that's that's who's holding me. And moving through the day and making decisions in a whole new way, right? It's just me now. There's no one else to bounce ideas off of or make decisions with. It was just me. So that was really scary at first. Coming through that, um, I mean, my family is really close, and we all just kind of held pretty tightly to each other, and my family's great. And then, of course, my girlfriends are life-giving women, and they're encouraging and smart, and they are wise. And so those became people that I could really lean on. And they did such a good job of checking. You know, we see people going through moments of grief or struggle and we think, do I say something? Do I reach out? Do I text them? Do I call them? Yes, you do. <laughs> because I am such a, by nature, just kind of a loner. I, you know, I'm like, I can handle this. I can do it. I'm not going to burden anybody else with the things that I'm fighting and dealing with. And I'm so grateful for people that just came out of the woodwork and said, what do you need? Or I'm going to be at your house in 10 minutes. I don't care what you're wearing. You're going to get in the car. We're going to drive around and just grab a coffee or go to Sonic or whatever and just drive and talk. And I'm telling you, those moments just brought me back to life. <clears throat> so that was so important to me to have people like that in there. And that really is truly those two things, family and friends and a church that I love, really got me through um, the darkest, loneliest parts of that and it changed how I friend people as well. So now I know if I if I hesitate, do they need something? Do I do I check in on them? If I have a friend going through a divorce, if I have a friend dealing with 
grief or a death or just a major life change, um, I do. I try to reach out to any more conscious, more conscious friend. So coming out of that dark part of the story, um, I mean, God is good. You kind of come back to, oh, this is who he created me to be. This did not surprise him. He is not shocked by anything that happens. He knows, mm-hmm. you know, what happens, what we need. And so really seeing that God brought me through that to the other side where life really feels a billion times better than I thought it ever would. Again, it just feels stable and healthy and fun and I'm tapping into parts of myself I didn't really have a chance to do, not just because of, you know, going through divorce, but also being an empty nester. I have lots of time. And so looking into my hobbies, what do I like to do? I started painting again. I haven't done that in years. And um, my 16-year-old niece has a drum set that she doesn't want anymore. And I was like, that's that's coming home with me. So that's going to be in my den. So my neighbors are going to hate me. Don't let Ryan Cruz know. (laughs) He'll make me play. No, 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 no. Um, No, it's going to be so fun. So I I can say yes to so many good things. Um, A a friend of mine pointed out the other day, she was like, you know, you could have gone in a totally different direction. Mm -hmm. She was like, this could have been a really bad, bad time for you just developmentally. You could have, I don't know, I could have been crazy and yes deconstructed yes right and it just never went that way and I'm grateful for that and I really attribute that to a solid Christian upbringing but just a desire I I know who God is I know God is good I've never doubted that God is good I never felt abandoned by God Um, so yeah I never went in that direction and I'm grateful I really am I think you're such an encouragement um, to anyone going through a difficult season, particularly specifically divorce or looking at the empty nest. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. both experienced that and just feeling that, oh, no, my yes. life is ending. My life yeah. is, I know it is ending. And yet you're bringing so much hope that you're entering into this really cool second phase of life and you're reinventing yourself and you're trying new things. What an encouragement to all of us, I guess, whatever stage, but in particular for those thinking ahead or being in these seasons and knowing that there's hope. Yeah, there is. And it, it's, I don't know if it's just how you're wired. I think it's, you get what you want. You get what you're desiring. And I know for me, feeling sad or feeling like my life has no purpose anymore, that is awful. That is just the emptiest feeling. And I, I fight that. I fight that by forcing myself to step out of my comfort zone and do things that I didn't think I could do or want to do. Um, I say yes to a lot of things that before I would have been like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but now it's, yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm going to try this. I mean, I'm sitting here right now. This is crazy. I've never done this before. So <laughs> this is just another yes to something new. Um, but yeah, you're right. I hope that that, that that does give people hope. There's a lot of good out there. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, so while you were talking, kind of, you kind of encapsulated all your different seasons, you know, whether it's divorce being single mom and then empty nester um, in each of those kind of, they were life changing moments or in, in, in times of your life. Um, do you think, and I think, I think I know this answer just by hearing you talk, but do you think one of the really good things, even though they aren't, they weren't good things that necessarily happened, but one of the good things out of it was that it kind of unearthed an unhealthy um place in your life that you put like marriage or even your kids you know what I mean like you had to have had to have your husband to be complete you needed your kids to be 
who God created me to be, but now you're in a space where none of those things are attached to you like they were before. And so now I think what you're saying is like you are discovering who God made you to be for him, not for other people and, you know. Yeah, that, is, that is so true. Um, it is a, it is a complete identity shift. And I did not expect that. I just thought, oh, I'm still their mom or I'm still, you know, so many things will stay the same. Nothing stays the same. Hmm. Nothing stays the same. Relationships change with my children, you know, with everyone. Um, but, yeah, it absolutely did. And I had to let God do that. And mm-hmm. that came with a lot of nothing, at first, nothing was happening. There was no growth. There was a lot of quiet. There was a lot, there was grief, but at the same time, there was just a lot of kind of blah mm. where nothing great was happening, but nothing terrible was happening. It was just kind of this empty, shadowy phase that was just like functioning. I get up, I have breakfast, I go to work, I come home, you know, take care of the dog and do laundry. And it was just kind of this blah phase of life. And I think that was a really important part of the healing process was just kind of letting things return to stasis. I have a friend that says that when we deal with crisis, everything Mm -hmm. eventually returns to this ho-hum everyday feeling um it's a new normal for Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. so i think you're so right there's definitely an identity shift there in that um i had to see who i was without the wife Mm -hmm. mom role you know who am i when i'm it's just me Mm -hmm. and i learned a lot i learned how to manage my finances by myself that wasn't my role in my marriage so taking all of that and starting over from scratch and looking at how to how to budget and how to um, make those decisions alone. I I was not afraid to ask questions. There's a mm-hmm. lot, and I hate that. I like being the person <laughs> in the room with the answer. So when something comes up, I don't get insurance and I don't get taxes. I have to ask for help every single year of my life with right. those decisions. I just don't know. So having to ask questions and feel like an idiot and, you know, I don't get this, explain it again or draw me a picture or something <laughs> so that this makes sense to me. Um, yeah. But there there was a lot of that. Like I said, just a lot of nothing at first, no mm-hmm. growth, not a ton of joy even, just mm-hmm. kind of normal everyday nothing. And little by little, there's just been a lot of good, a mm-hmm. lot of fun. I love that. And you talked about on the night about um, just owning your life and not comparing it to others. And just as an encouragement to other women, you want to maybe talk a little more about that? Yeah, you have to be okay with being you. And I think that starts with, oh gosh, and this is a big one. You just cannot compare any of your choices with anyone else's. I mean anything. I mean what you wear. I mean how you handle your money, how you raise your children, how you decorate your house, what kind of car you buy. Everything that you do has to truly be yours, you know, your choice. And yeah, that's been, it's been terrifying at first. I thought, wait, what do I do? What do I do? I didn't know how to think for myself. I have always had a partner, you know, I married young and we were both young. And so we kind of grew up together, making those decisions and learning together. And um, I kind of had to step into that and own who I was, what I like, you know, runaway bride, their whole thing is that how does she like her eggs, right? She likes her eggs the way whoever she's dating likes their eggs. And so um, that was, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but that was such a funny and growing, growing area for me was what do I want? And it's scary when you don't know yet. And it takes time to know what you like. 
I'd always painted rooms gray. My whole house was gray and white. It was very clean, very crisp. And guess what? I have a blue living room. And my bedroom is super dark, like a teal blue green. It's beautiful. I just want to sit there and stare at the walls. Um, so th things change. You start to be okay. And you give yourself permission to do the things you really like. You don't judge yourself. You don't think, oh, what are people going to think about this? You just embrace it and go for it. So fear can stand in the way of that. What will people think? What if it doesn't work? You just have to do it. You got to try it. So before we started recording, you were talking a little bit about some of the life changes that have come since your divorce. And so things that you didn't expect would happen, like going back to school, yeah. a change in career, selling of a business. How would you encourage people to both be willing to say goodbye to things that mm -hmm. are maybe no longer healthy or no longer supposed to be a part of your life and be open to some of the new things. To what is new, yeah. I think a lot of that does start, like I said, with, with knowing who you are and what your own priorities and values are because that really is, that's what's going to stem, you know, the growth that you're going to see in your life. So if, for example, you know, you're passionate about being a good, a good mom. So when that happens and suddenly you find yourself to be a single parent, that, that good mom stays there. You have to still embrace that. No, this is still my calling. This is still important to me. Um, so you really have to work hard to hang on to the good things in your life and the good people and maybe say goodbye to some who are not so good, who are not so life-giving, which can be really tough. Um, it starts with faith. You have to, you have to pray. You have to remember that, you know, like I said, nothing surprises God. And so when you're having to go through a hard season of change, there has to be a lot of prayer there. Um, my prayer life changed in many ways. I stopped talking and did a lot more listening. Mm -hmm. And so, and I did a lot more, well, I don't have a decision made. I don't know how to do this. So God just lead me and then stepping back and waiting. And as a person who is a make a list, get it done, check it off, make the phone call, check the email, you know, get all the <laughs> things done. That's really hard. It's hard to do nothing. But really, that's where a lot of growth happens and a lot of good things can happen is when you pray and then wait. Wait to see what doors God opens for you. Uh, pay attention to the new people that walk into your life. Maybe this is a person God has sent to be an incredible friend to you. I've made friends from this, from being divorced, just running into other women and my kids' moms who were divorced before and getting to know them a little better and hearing their story. And suddenly there's... And a fabulous new girlfriend. I, I always love this story. My daughter, Reagan, when she was a sophomore in high school, had a friend in her English class, her friend Elizabeth. And they were talking about their moms and they, how great their moms were, right? Go us. And <laughs> she said, we should set our moms up on a blind date. <laughs> and so they did. And so I was told, okay, you're going to meet at McAllister's at this date, this time. You're going to look for Rachel and she's a redhead. So you, you can find her. And so we did. And I'm telling you, Rachel is one of my best friends. We have had five years uh, of just... The best relationship, it's vulnerable and honest and so fun. So you just, yeah, you have to say yes to the good things and be brave, ask questions, ask for help. That's hard to do, but it helps. And Linda, you said you were embracing the season for the freedom and not the loneliness. And it, it, yeah. you really do a lot of reframing, even, you know, here in, in the good sense of yeah. like, you could look at the season as being an empty nester without a partner as I'm going to be so lonely. Instead, you have looked at it and said, I have the freedom to do whatever I want. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is so true. And, it, you know, the loneliness comes. 
It does. It happens when I'm not expecting it. I hate it. I don't like feeling sad. I don't like feeling like there's something in my life that isn't right, that does that I can't correct. Um, but yeah, it, it does come. And, you know, I mean, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that emotions move through you. You can't just sit there and dwell and make it part of your identity. When I feel lonely, I realize I, I know it's coming. I can tell when it's coming. And I just kind of let it ride. And it's a day or two and or an evening where I'm just like, Ugh, really? <laughs> Still? Um, and I just kind of let it go. I let it move through me and and then it's gone. And then I'm okay. But yeah, there's definitely a, there's a lot of hope. And I just... I've decided what kind of life I want. I don't want to be sad all the time. I don't want a life that doesn't keep growing and changing. I love to learn. So it's a choice. It's a choice to have hope. And it's a choice to have joy um, because that's what I want my existence to look like. Right? Mm -hmm. That's really good. Is there something that you, like, if you find yourself in one of those moments, is there something that you just, like, physically would do that just makes you so happy to kind of, like, to help change your mindset right, or whatever right um there yeah there, and i had to learn how to do those things too i didn't know at first what to do because sadness was just really not a part of my life i didn't not something i had to fight um i if i'm just gonna let it ride and i'm home i know i just go hard with the self-care mm -hmm. right i do a face mask <laughs> i do a hot shower um i joined a gym about six months ago and i go four or five times a week and if that happens a lot of times I throw on shorts and a t-shirt and I go to the gym mm. and I spent a good hour there and there's always people hanging out and it's fun to talk to people and catch up. Um, but it gets those, those happy, healthy hormones going right in, in your body, all those good feelings. And so um, I do that. I, I'm really bad about calling a friend if I'm feeling low because I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want to be like, hi, Debbie Downer, let's hang out. Mm -hmm. That's no fun. So I'm getting better at being vulnerable in my friendships and saying, you know what, I need, I need an ear or I need to drive or I just need to have somebody else in my, in my circle right now, in my bubble. So friends have come over, we've gone out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's temporary. It really is very, those moments are very few and far between, which is good. But yeah, yeah. you just kind of have to figure out what works for you, what brings yeah. you joy, what gives you some energy and kind mm -hmm. of move in that direction. What is something that you know about yourself or about God now that you maybe didn't know 10 years ago? That I could do it by myself. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I, like I said, I married when I was young and it became a very, it was a very traditional marriage. It was very much, you know, I married a pastor and my role was to be the pastor's wife. And so while I did go to school and get my own degree and I was a teacher, um, that was the primary role was working alongside him and so when that went away oh my goodness it was awful and I just just thought well what about but I love ministry but I love being involved in this but I love so I had to um yeah I had to accept that that it's going to look different at this time yeah. yeah and we talked a little bit about spiritual practices a couple of the things you said was you just had a renewed prayer life from living alone yeah and again, that's that reframing. And talk a little bit about your prayer life. Yeah, my prayer life um, since being single. And I, I've tried most of my life to just keep a daily practice, to read, to pray. It doesn't always happen. Um, I'm, big, I'm a big journaler. Even if it's just reading a passage and copying it down into a journal and then writing some thoughts down about it. It doesn't have to be anything super complex or deep. It can just be a reflection on a verse that I've read. Um, but when I have that time now, I really do find my heart drawn to people to friends even friends from a long time ago high school and college who were still connected by social media or you know we still text or talk and 
I find myself really burdened to pray for my friends and even my kids' friends. You know, we've always been the house where they can come over and vent and we throw something in the oven and everyone can talk about their feelings and everyone leaves happier. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I my prayer life has definitely morphed into more of a – it's really more of a sacrifice now. Before, it was kind of a me, me, me and my family and my kids and my marriage and our ministry and all those things. But now it's very much a who needs my prayers, who mm-hmm. needs support, who needs – to be looked after or who might need a little bit more attention right now that they're not getting or just another ear or to show some love or some encouragement. So, uh, I, and I love that. I love that. It feels like, um, it feels like I have a purpose, you know, in doing that, it does strengthen the purpose that I see with my faith. And so, I don't know. I, I do love that. That's a new aspect. And the other new aspect, you said your quiet time moved to the evening, which I think is an encouragement because yeah. we think quiet time has to be in the First morning. Thing in the morning. Surely it says that in the Bible somewhere. I know. Yeah, you right. have to have your coffee and but, watch the sun come up. Yeah. How did you discover that and, and how do you implement that? That happened a lot in the last two or three years as my kids were older and moving out and becoming more independent and they had jobs and they would work till late at night. So I would stay up and wait. Um, I I'm still a morning person. I love to get up early and make some coffee and just kind of start my day slow. I like to do that. Um, but with the evening prayer time, I just found that it was just this de- this different level of quiet. Everyone's either gone or already like showering and getting ready for bed. The whole house just feels really calm. And so I just I have a big chair in my bedroom and I kind of, you know, snuggle into my big chair with a blanket and I have my Bible and a couple of devotionals and a little journal but Sometimes I just sit there and I don't even read anything. I'll just pray or just sit. And my dog loves to jump in my lap. And so I'll hold him for a little while and just kind of be in that moment. But it's, I don't know, it's a nice way to end my day. And I do that before I, like if I'm going to read a book or I'm going to watch a movie, I do that kind of first. It's kind of how I start my evening, not really even end my evening. It's kind of the beginning of the quiet of the rest of the night, if that makes sense. It does. Start your wind down. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's good. It puts me in a good headspace and heart space, and um, it makes me really grateful. I mean, I'm looking around and think, look at what I I still have, or look at what I created, even with God. Just me and God did this by ourselves. I own a house. I bought a car. I did all these things alone that I did not ever think I could do by myself. and I've created a home where the kids, you know, are thriving, where they know they can come home to a happy, healthy space, where they are safe, where they are loved. Um, I don't know. It's brought a lot of gratitude into my life, the taking that moment to reflect on the day, on life in general. But I don't know. I like evenings. It works for me. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I like that because it's very different than kind of what you see and what you hear a lot. Obviously, God is available at all times and if it's during your lunch hour you know if you're a student or work uh, a working mom that you know still has kids at home and you think evenings that's funny you know like (laughs) mornings are funny evenings are like that can't do any of it but maybe your lunchtime or you know we're the ones that limit limit god you know we think well it has to fit in this box and has to look like this there's got to be a candle and coffee and you know, all that. And so I appreciate hearing how it works for you and that it's not at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You get to pick. That's right. Sometimes it's at my desk, you know, 10 minutes in between classes and I'll just be like, okay, I need to focus on something different. Yeah. So, yeah. Or it could be throughout the day, you know, I mean, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says it needs to be 30 minutes of block time or we're meant to live our whole day, our whole lives with God, every step, every moment, you know? And so there's, there really is, 
there's no limit to how often we can pray and how we, you know, when we can think about them and just different sure. stuff. So it yeah. looks different for everybody. Yeah. yeah, and it will look different for you in different seasons. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on what you think what works. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think you gave us a lot to think about yeah. and a lot to, whether we're in a season similar to yours or you know have experienced anything similar or not. I think that it's just encouraging to hear a woman thriving with God and you know coming coming into yourself and the confidence and the faith that that you're able to to live with i think it's inspiring thank you thank you still still growing mm-hmm. no i'm not done yeah any means. yeah, yeah. Cool. well thank you yay, yay. thank you for having thank me you, thank you dorothy thank you yeah thank you for listening to the city women podcast we hope you enjoyed today's conversation and it encourages you as you walk through whatever season of life you currently find yourself in We'll be back next week with another great conversation. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at City Women OK.